first of all, I want to say thank you for everyone who's joined us. Um, and I'm going to say a pre-thank you to everyone who's going to watch this and all the uh, channels that it's going to be put out on. This is a really important topic because we do need to talk. That's why John named this. We need to talk. So what, where I want to start is to tell you a little bit about what the format's going to be like like, and then I'll have everyone introduce themselves. So the format today is going to be based on the surveys. I'm hoping that most of you participated in the surveys and provided us with unbelievable feedback and unbelievable stories that are heartbreaking and eye-opening and all that stuff. But we're going to focus on buckets of conversations. One is going to be hiring and promotion, how to address that issue. Another is going to be um, how to speak up. And another is going to be about double standards. So it's going to be a panel discussion, and we've got some great feedback. Um, before we get there, though, I would love my esteemed panel members to introduce themselves. So let's start with the token male in the crowd, Mr. John Barrows. Well, the token male, the token white male here. So, um, <laughs> yes, John Barrows, Jay Barrows Consulting, sales training, been doing this stuff for, you know, for a while now. Um, yeah, and just trying to trying to level up sales. Our, our our mantra here is sales done right. So, because I genuinely believe when sales is done right, it's the greatest profession in the world. When done wrong, it's the worst. And and this is a huge part of what sales is, and when it's done right, and when it's done wrong. So that's why I'm super excited for this conversation. All right, Lori Richardson. Hi, I'm Lori Richardson. Uh, you can probably tell that I'm dialing in from my hotel room. Uh, I happen to be in Las Vegas. I don't normally have a bed in my <laughs> in my shot. Uh, I'm I'm the president of Women's Sales Pros, and it's an organization where we have a group of sales experts, and we also have a community where we help companies get more women into sales and sales leadership. It's something that we think about every day, and I'm so thrilled to be a part of this. It's been tremendous to hear people's comments and to read all the, all the things that people wrote. We read everything. Yep. All right. Casey Jones. I'm Casey, um, CEO of Better Growth, which is a sort of marketing and sales consulting firm. Um, I started my career in sales, moved to marketing, but my specialty really is helping salespeople. That's kind of where my heart lives. Um, so again, super honored to be part of this panel and with this incredible group of people and to be talking about an issue that I'm super passionate about. And yes, she is. So I'm Trish Bertuzzi. I'm the CEO of The Bridge Group. We are an inside sales consulting and implementation firm, as you can see. And um, I'm also the author of the Sales Development Playbook. But for purposes of this conversation, I am a woman who has been in sales for 30 years, so seen all kinds of iterations of this topic, and I'm really looking forward to finally putting some of them to bed today. So before we get to the topics at hand, though, I'd like to turn the, the um, stage over to John, because, John, I want to talk about the impetus for this, because this was really something that... that something happened, you felt strongly about it, and this is all based on that reaction. So can you talk to us about that impetus? 
Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I've, with the proliferation of social and everybody now on LinkedIn doing videos, I've been starting to see kind of the, and I labeled it as the bro culture, kind of creeping back into sales, like kind of Wolf of Wall Street type scenarios. And I don't think it actually is, but I think the loudest voices right now are getting the attention. So it's been a little bit of a concern for me over the past six to 12 months. And then I went to the Drift con- uh, Conference, uh, Hypergrowth here in Boston, and Grant Cardone was speaking. Now, I have my opinions of Grant Cardone, but I've only seen the very surface level stuff of his because he's starting to get on LinkedIn too. And I personally, my perception was he's everything that's wrong about selling and it's the, bro, you know, go, go, go. But because Drift was having him at their conference, I was like, well, they must, I, I talked to Armin, their VP of sales, and he's like, you know what, John, I know he's a little over the top, but he, I went to his conference and it was good stuff. So, so I was like, all right, I'm going to give this guy a blank slate, come in with no judgment. I then went and then mainly just to see him speak. And he did exactly what I thought he was going to do. So, you know, stuff into the list, hit the list. And I'm like, okay, whatever. This is exactly what I was expecting. But then he started talking about his wife and his wife was in the crowd and you had come. It's actually Trisha. Remember, you actually came up right before this happened and you were like, hey, how is he? I'm like, yeah, he's as advertised, but I did not think it was going to go in this direction. And he literally said, hey, uh, stand up there, sweetheart. You know, hey, take a look at her. Look at, you know, and just started objectifying her in the in the most insane way. You could tell she was uncomfortable. He wanted her to come up on stage. She was uncomfortable with that. And then he he, he referenced her as it. He referenced her as that. He, he called her a dum-dum. And then he, ta- he talked about what he was going to do with her uh, on his jet at 30,000 feet leaving the conference. And I was... I mean, I'm rare. You know me, Trish. I am rarely speechless. I was fucking speechless. I, I was just like, what? And you saw some some people trickling out like just but there was also just some nervous clapping going on to being like, holy shit, I know this is wrong. But and then David, who came out afterwards from from um, Drift, uh, he was like, well, you could tell he didn't know. He didn't even know what to say after that. And, and then it, then I tweeted something saying, hey, you know, I didn't think my opinion of Grant Cardone could have gone any worse, but hey, congratulations, it did. And I, and I hashtag drift, hashtag fail. And it exploded. It was the biggest trending tweet of the whole conference. Um, to, to DC's, um, to the CEO of Drift, to his credit, he absolutely jumped on every single comment, apologized for it and that type of thing. So I do want to give him credit, even though they brought this guy in celebrity yeah celebrity in. Um, they did kind of jump on it some people say they didn't go far enough but he at least addressed, as a ceo he addressed every single tweet which i thought was great of him and then i was just so sick of it so i came home and i did a, a linkedin post and i was like we got it. that was the tipping point for me i'm like we i have to say something about this we gotta stop this bullshit bro culture like win at all costs go 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 and we need to do something and that post, I've never done a LinkedIn post that caught fire that fast. We're currently trending at 200,000 views, 2,000 likes, 500 comments. And I, you know, if I get 30, 40, 50 comments on one of my posts, if I get, you know, you know, 50,000 views, I'm psyched, right? So 200,000 views obviously struck a nerve. And then that's where, you know, this whole thing came together. And we decided we at least got to have this conversation because, you know, for, and, and by the way, I want to make sure that there's a lot of macroeconomic shit going on right now in, in, in the world. That is not, we're not trying to solve those problems. The four of us care deeply about this profession of sales and want to see it elevated. 
And so that's what we're going to be focused on. This isn't a male bashing thing. This is purely elevating the conversation because we need to be far more inclusive than exclusive. And that's why I'm super psyched to be here um, with you women to, to, to try to have this conversation and, and level up here a little bit. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, thank you, John, seriously. Um, I know you're an advocate for women. I love the way you talk about your wife and your daughter. I just, you know, I've known you for a long time and I, and I've always respected you, but this is something special about you that I, I really want to say thank you for. Uh-huh. Um, at the same time, I want to point out because I think drift kind of got caught in this maelstrom or however that word's pronounced. And I want to tell anyone, David Cancels, the CEO of Drift, he wrote a post on Medium completely taking responsibility for this. And if you want to see what a CEO should look like, go read that post. Yeah. Own up, man up. Man, man or woman, own up, man up. He did a great job with it. So I just wanted to put that out there too. So we have some... Uh, you know, the survey got, and John, I don't even know how many questions and responses, it, like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds from both men and women. It wasn't just women who responded. I thought the most interesting sometimes were the male perspective mm-hmm. on this. So I think we want to start off the conversation or our first sort of topical area we should start off with is... Um, around double standards. And and Casey, you volunteered to sort of lead this conversation. So I'd like to turn over to you for that topic. Yeah, thank you. So when we talk about double standards, just so everybody understands what we're talking about, is this idea that some of the qualities, the personality characteristics, the behaviors that men are praised for women are criticized for. So, and this is particularly true in sales, right? So men are often, I mean, we look at sort of an aggressive, assertive, you know, uh, bold salesperson when it's a man as um, a leader, as, you know, someone kind of making bold moves. And and we really laud that as a um, kind of style in in terms of sales. Mm -hmm. But when we when a woman has all of those characteristics, um, she is often called not very, very nice names. She's Later. criticized. Yeah. Um, okay. She's often called a bitch. Yeah. Um, and she's often criticized for um, being too tough, being too difficult. Um, she's often sort of put in the corner as someone who isn't sort of easy to work with or some of it is too pushy. Right. And, you know, there's a great story that actually John shared with me and I forget what conference this was at, but he was, I think it was Dreamforce. Dreamforce, Cheryl. And Cheryl Sandberg was speaking and she said, she asked the audience, okay, men, men in the audience, how many times when you were a kid, like how many of you, when you were a kid, were you called bossy? And like three guys in the audience raised their hands and she said, okay, women, how many of you in the audience when you were a kid were called bossy and practically every woman in the place raised, raised their hands. And bossy is an insult for women. And so we're, we're consistently told that we need to kind of be, be nicer or be sweeter or friendlier. And when men aren't told the same things and it's not necessarily what's going to make you good at your job. And so part of the reason why I volunteered to talk about this is 
big shocker. Um, I have absolutely been, um, criticized for being assertive. Um, you know, I had one job early on in my career when I was out selling the seven other men on the team combined, but I would get full page memos about from the, the senior vice president of sales about how I didn't smile enough in the office. (laughs) And so one of the things that I kind of wanted to share is even though I had experienced all of that, I realized a few years ago that I was actually doing the same thing to women. And somebody, I had um, uh, a female, like an, a, a female mentor kind of give me a really good way of looking at this. And she, she said, if you're, ever, if you're ever criticizing a woman at, in the workplace for her personality not for her results, not for her, the work that she does, the, even the way she interacts with people in the office, but it's about her personality. You're holding them to a double standard because we don't do that with the, in the same way with men. And so, you know, one of the things that we all talked about leading into this conversation was that it's not the big things there's lots of big, glaring, kind of awful um, experiences that people have and, and um, like really unfortunate situations. But what we've really realized from reading through all of these, all of this survey data was it's the little things. It's the, all of the tiny little actions, all of the tiny little things that add up over time that become so difficult. And I know Lori is going to talk about this when it comes to speaking out, Because what winds up happening is every little thing you don't want to necessarily bring up, um, but it isn't always the big things. It's the little things. And so I really encourage everybody out there when it comes to double standards, notice when you're getting frustrated with a woman because of her personality and not her work or her results or criticizing a woman because of her personality and not sort of her results. And as women, I think it's it's really, really challenging when you're in a position where you're being criticized for being too assertive or, um, you know, giving too many right answers in the meeting. I've been criticized for that in the past, too. Um, and you and on some level, you have to really learn to kind of stick to your guns. But yes, you've got to you've got to listen to feedback and, and be able to absorb if there is a lesson to be learned, but you have to also recognize that there are times where you're going to be criticized for things that you're aren't wrong. Yeah. And and that's the hard part. I think someone Casey, someone just put on here about behavior. They call them microaggressions. And I I think that is a fabulous, fabulous phrase that we need to think about. Yeah. And a couple of things came to mind when you were talking. One is if someone calls me bossy, I say, thank you. I am a boss. That is awesome. What would you like me to tell you to do next? You know, so sometimes you have to use humor. And then the other thing about communicating with women, I'm starting to think we're starting to cross a line that men are going to be nervous about communicating with women because there's so much that's going on in the world. We communicate differently. We are much more emotional when we communicate. We use different inflections. We use our body language more. So we just have to understand the difference and sort of let them understand the difference. We just communicate differently and it's not wrong. There's no right or wrong way to communicate. Just listen to the message and not the method. 
Can I ask? So I, what I want to chime in here with is something very direct because I want because the, a lot of this webinar we're talking about like tactical things, right? I think yeah. something you brought up, Casey, right there, which is fantastic, is I think every dude, and that just struck me as you were talking to it, every guy who's about to give feedback to a woman should immediately, before a word comes out of their mouth, they should think, if this was a guy, would I give the same feedback? Yeah. And, and by the way, there was a research study done. Google it. I will at, I will send it to John so he can put it in the show notes. It's really phenomenal where they compared, I think it was like 300 um, uh, performance reviews for women compared to for men. And it was, this isn't the most scientifically um, sound because people volunteer to submit them, but they basically said, look, you're probably only going to volunteer to submit it if you're actually sort of proud of your feedback. And it was really interesting. Um, the words assertive and aggressive were almost exclusively used for women and negative feedback in performance reviews was like two or three times as much for women as for men. So all the bosses out there, keep that in mind when you're giving performance reviews, are you, are you applying the same kind of standard for the women on your team compared to the men? Somebody just brought up an interesting, like on the, is, is it, is it based on men's fear? Um, of why why we kind of look at a, a strong, powerful woman and and try to put them quote unquote in their place because we're scared of that, or is it just a cultural thing that this is how we've grown up? I think it's way more complex than that. I think it's cultural things. I think it's personal things. Sometimes it's fear. Like I think there's just so many different things that come into play. But I would say most of it is we were trained this way. You know. Yeah. And I think of where we are. I wouldn't want to be a guy now trying to deal with a lot of this. There's, I mean, fear is real. I can see that in the comments in the chat section, like having to think about everything you say and do because someone can just come at you with maybe it's a female bias. I mean, there's two sides to this coin and I'm, and I just want to make sure we recognize them both, especially since so much of it is coming out in the chat section. So I think we just have to all think about our unconscious biases when we communicate, whether we're male or female, or someone, as someone mentioned, in a diversity situation, and just try to be human, just right. human. Well, that's why, like, I, I'm going to put this one to bed. Any dude who right now says, I'm afraid to even talk to women, or I'm afraid to get into an elevator with them, you're a fucking douche. Like, if you, can't, if you just can't have a normal conversation with a woman, then you have bigger problems than anybody's going to be able to solve. If you could just, now, I get it as far as being a little bit off the cuff and saying something and having something taken it the wrong way or something like that, or saying something that historically has been bad and now isn't. You know, we've used a lot of phrases in the past that were just part of normal culture, but now, you know, they have a certain connotation. So it's like, watch out for that. But any man who's like, I'm just going to, I'm just not going to talk to women. I'm just not like, you're, you're, you suck. It's, it's the, it's the small stuff that is the like, okay. But, and that's what I want to talk about. Like, how do I, as a man, because a lot of the comments were in there about, you know, I say something and it was, or the women said it was, it was came across as a joke. And then I, and I thought it was appropriate. And so I addressed it and the guy was like, oh, that's not that big of a deal. That's not how I meant it. And, and, and Lori, I wanted to kind of ask you based on how ingrained you are in, in this whole world, like, 
how does how do we address that situation where it's the inappropriate thing that a that a dude might not have recognized as an inappropriate thing that that somebody took offense a woman took offense to and addressed it first of all how to address that in a in a professional way but then right how should the guy then like dictate yeah like oh come on versus ooh that was I probably shouldn't do that well so I know Lori's oh, I, more about this but like it is about how you address it. And women need. Oh. Oop. All right, it's Laura. about a teaching moment rather than a like okay. criticism. Oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, you know it's it's tricky, and I think it goes back to what Trish said about being human. You know, just ask ask. You know, did I understand you correctly, or could you say that again? And you know, don't be defensive. I think the first thing is that if we're if you're looking for trouble, you're going to find trouble um, on all sides. And and I just, I've learned, you know, through dealing with family issues and things like that, there, there are ways you can say things because words are so important. There are ways you can say things that don't say you did this or, you know, it's more like, you know, John, when you said that, I felt like whatever. And, and it, it softens the blow of me accusing you of something. It's also, um, I've also found that talking to someone one-on-one is much better than in front of other people because it can, nobody wants to be embarrassed or accused of something in front of other people. And, And I think it's important. I also think it's a leadership issue and sales leaders need to set a tone for their sales team and, you know, what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. It's black and white. There's no gray. And good sales leaders do that. Like my friend Shep, Shep Maher in San Francisco um, is very clear cut. And you know, you know, that it's not a locker room anymore. And, and like Trish, I've been in sales for 30 years. And, um, you know, it, it's a professional workplace. Yeah. yeah. So, Casey, I have a question for you. In my lifetime, if I had a dollar for every time someone said to me when I told them what I thought, Mm. oh, my God, Trish, why don't you tell me what you really think? I would be a billionaire. Does that happen to you? (laughs) Yes, it does. But, you know, I I think that one of the things that I kind of wanted to bring up about this topic in particular, very much to Lori's point, is as women, I think we need to also... um, use these, these moments as like teaching moments, not as, you know, public criticism. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I think has been really tough, and I'm, I'm seeing this more, I think with some of the younger women that I've talked to, because they're, they're, they're kind of pissed off about sort of some of the things that they're dealing with. And so they have a little bit of a knee jerk anger. And when a man says something that they don't like, or that they think is inappropriate or is rude and Usually they are totally justified in thinking that. The oh. And I think we've got this incredible Casey, say that again? Yeah, you, you, oh, sorry. you I'm sorry, the Wi-Fi here is a little spotty. So I think that women are too quick to write men off when they say something inappropriate. And instead, let's let's come together and say, hey, you know, you made me feel this way. And I'm, I'm sharing this with you as like a colleague, as a friend, as someone I respect, because I know you, you got to give them the benefit of the doubt, at least 
the first couple of times they say inappropriate things. <laughs> so you say like, hey, you know, I know you don't want to have this, or I assume you don't want to have be taken this way. And this was the reaction I had. And, you know, let's kind of work through this. And very much to Lori's point, like, you gotta, you gotta give someone the opportunity to save face a little bit, but also the opportunity to learn. And over the past few years, I've worked a lot harder at not in a, in a really public forum, not being super aggressive about the things that, um, when I disagree with someone or when I think somebody is doing something that I think is sort of messed up or, or inappropriate so that we all have this opportunity to kind of come together. Yeah. So, so let me say this. First of all, John, I don't know if you're reading the comments, they are phenomenal. And there's a ton of articles and books mm-hmm. that I'm hoping we can yeah. share in, um, in the resource section. So Trish, yes. The, the nonviolent communication by Marshall Rosenberg that uh, yep. Samantha posted, yep. that's the book where I learned that wording. So thank you for sharing that, Samantha. It's yep. very, it works with family too. If you have any family issues, <laughs> uh, nobody does though, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's very helpful. Yeah. All right. So I mean, lots to be learned about the double standards. Um, Thank you so much, Casey. You know, we could listen to you all day long talk about this topic, but let's segue to the next because I think, you know, we have to get to actionable things just like you provided in the double standards section. So Lori, you wanted to lead the conversation around hiring, promotions, that type of thing. So why don't you tell right. me about what you'd like to share? Right. I'm going to look down at my notes a little bit because we had we had a lot of comments about hiring promotion. And again, this could be a full hour unto itself. Um, we talk about this a lot on uh, women's sales pros. And, you know, I would say that, you know, nothing is true of all women and of all men. And so I always try to say that ahead of time that, you know, not all women feel a certain way. And, and we're all different. Uh, those of us on the panel, we're all different. Um, when it comes to hiring promotion, some of the, the things that people asked about was about mentors versus sponsors. Uh, another thing was how leaders can develop more women leaders. And, and I'd like to kind of focus on those. Uh, also, the first, the big one is that many in technology, SaaS companies, a lot of people say, we don't even have women that apply or there aren't any women to hire. So that's a whole nother topic. We can talk about this sometime, but there are women to hire. It is a very tough market for everybody to find good salespeople in general. And um, there are tips and strategies, and I'll be sharing those um, as a follow-up too. So um, keep that in mind. But how leaders can help develop more women leaders I'm going to say a couple things. One that I've had questioned a little bit, but I believe it takes extra effort, especially in sales. Now, here's the great thing about sales. Sales in sales, unlike many other um, things you can do in a company, you're judged by your performance. And I love that. That's why I wanted to get into sales because I wanted to be paid based on my accomplishments. And I want to be paid the same as my male peers. And, and I think that, so I intentionally at a young age got into sales for that and numbers talk. So if you're doing your numbers, if you're hitting your numbers and if you're exceeding your numbers, you've earned the right to say something. And, 
And I believe that, you know, when you're new and you haven't been overly successful, you know, you kind of need to learn, keep your ears open and, and, and learn from others. So hitting your numbers is a great way to, it gives you a bit of a platform and a company. It gives you a, a lot of other things in, in a sales role. Um, how leaders can help develop more women leaders is by giving, identifying people who they think could be good in a role and then doing some mentoring with them, helping them to, um, you know, help with ideas on how they might want to develop or what skills they need to have. Uh, if you're a woman and you want to be in leadership, first of all, not all people do. When you're in a, a sales role, I was very happy in a sales role. And just being a senior sales rep was a great promotion for me because I could control my income. But to be a leader, it takes the support of, of the people around you. Uh, you need a mentor who can speak on your behalf in, in a meeting. Because we all know that a lot of decisions are made in a company where you're not even present. Would everybody agree to that? Mm -hmm. That's a, it's a very common thing. So as opposed to having, um, uh, you know, I'll even use the word sponsor because sponsor is someone that can go into one of those closed door meetings and say, you know, Trish is really good at this. I think in addition to you looking at John, I think you should consider Trish. And, or if we don't have anyone, uh, let's, see who we can develop. And I think Trish has a lot of those capabilities and I'm going to speak on behalf of Trish. That's what a sponsor does as opposed to a mentor who could be more of a peer or maybe one level up. Sponsors have some amount of power. I mean, yeah, sponsors have some amount of power that can help you. And I think that's one of the best things uh, that you could focus on is to learn about that and, and have people help you. If I want to be better understanding business and return on investment, for example, maybe I'll go to John because John knows that. And I'll ask John, can you just help me with this one area as opposed to asking someone to be my mentor? You know, Casey, could you be my mentor? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's a hard thing. There's no start or end. Casey doesn't really know what I want, what I need. So come to someone specifically for help. So that's what women can do. And men be supportive of it, you know, help, help support women that are working to improve and who want to get to that next level. Lori, yeah. can I chime in just real quick here? Because I have a very specific question that came through on some of the comments and also people talk to me about, which is the lack of women in sales specifically. Um, what tends to happen is say there's some woman who's a, a, a leader, an executive, that type of thing. It, anytime a man has a problem with a woman, they say, oh, go talk to her. You know what I mean? I don't know how to. And so what, what a lot of women leaders who I've actually interacted throughout this process have told me it's it's exhausting because I'm getting women mm -hmm. from all other parts of the organization that I am not responsible for asking me for my advice, asking me for my help. And I just don't have time. So it looks like little like, oh, I don't want to help you, but they do. It's just they got to do their job. So how do we address that where every man kind of throws up their hand being like, holy shit, I got an emotional woman here in front of me. She's got problems. Go talk to the woman because I don't know how to fucking deal with it. Like, how do you how do we address that? Well, I think we all have comments about that. I will say for me, um, you know, 
roll up your sleeves and, you know, don't, don't just back away and think that another woman can help a woman. Because one thing that a a lot of women don't like is to be matched up with someone because they're a woman. You know, you, you want to, you want to, I want to be mentored or sponsored by someone because I think they're awesome and they could be a man, they could be a woman. Um, so I think again, be human and try to understand more about what it is specifically that they need and then help them find someone to do that. I know women that are still, uh, contacted even after they leave a company because they were so good at helping people and talk about, you know, having baggage on your, on your shoulders, but yeah, let's spread the wealth out a little bit. I also think that internally support groups are becoming more popular and Denise, yes, I read your comment. Um, And I know that you run one at your organization. So I think internally, this is becoming more brought to the forefront. A lot of conversations and support groups are being formed, which cover not just sales, but all aspects of the organization. I mean, this should be right at the top of any HR organization's list of things to think about for sure. And externally, you know, there's there's um, Girls Club that Lauren Bailey has championed. There is the National Association of Women Sales Professionals. There's um, a lot of things that are cropping up. Barbara Giamaco has great podcasts with a lot of women talking about a lot of topics. So there's more resources out there. How so? Can I ask, like, but how can we make sure that support groups, like women's, since there are so few women in sales. And, and all of a sudden they go, you know, I've heard through the comments, you know, women now, you know, they want to sit next to other women. They want to work with you because they want to feel like they're at least being supported in some way, shape or form. But that further separates them from the larger group. How can we make it so support groups aren't seen as, oh, now, you know what I mean? Like from, and I'm coming at this from a male perspective here. So, you know, I could easily see how, oh, you know, yeah, there they go again. They're going to go talk about all this shit that, you know, and complain about us. How do we make sure that that isn't the case? And it's a, and it's a positive thing all the way around, not just for the support group, but, but for the organization that says, no, we need this. You know, is there a communication thing where once that group comes up with something, they translate that to everybody else? Like, how, how can we do that? Well, no one said the support group has to be female only. I mean, there are so, look right. at how many men are here on on this webinar, there is a ton of men who care about this issue, and they are absolutely read their comments. It's amazing um, to know how much they care, and they want to be more inclusive, and they're looking for help as well. So, I think you have to look at your corporate culture because this is where this all stems from. And Lori, I think that's what you're saying. Um, one yeah. thing you did say, Lori, that I would be very interested in understanding a bit more is the difference between a mentor and a sponsor. People are comfortable asking people to be a mentor, although I love your suggestion, be super specific with it. How do you find a sponsor? Uh, you know, it's, it's a matter of watching who's making things happen in a company. I mean, you know, something I learned years ago that success leaves clues. So look at who's the most successful in an area that you want to be in and, and talk to them you know, go, go to lunch or have a coffee or have sit down, you know, meeting with someone who seems to get things done, um, politically in the organization, or, you know, they've just been successful for a number of years. And, and I would ask them for their guidance and their insight, and that can lead to sponsorship. 
Um, yeah, I don't think you just tap somebody, a senior executive, and say, Hey, picture hey, Trish, me. Would yes. you be my sponsor? Yeah. yeah. Um, Not that easy. Well, and I think uh, a lot of people know about the practice of doing informational interviews when you're when you want to make a move to another career or to another company. So basically, setting up an interview before a job is available. If you use the same kind of model, and there's tons of articles about how to run informational interviews, but you do it internally at your company, mm-hmm. so you find yeah. a much higher up person. That's a great point. Um, damn, yeah. just keeps locking up. But I I'm coffee and ask you a bunch of questions. Yeah, I'm just gonna keep locking up there. But I, I'm gonna jump on that because I think that's fantastic. Like I always used to do that. Just, just in general, for my own personal development, was I would go throughout organizations and anybody who I saw, even if they were a yeah. peer one or above, it didn't matter. If I saw they were successful or if they were really good at something that I wasn't and I wanted to learn that, I would say, hey, would you mind if I just grabbed an hour of your time? And I would prepare for it just like a meeting with a client. You know what I mean? I would do my homework. I would come up with very specific questions for them based on what I knew about them. And that always opened up the door for a follow-up conversation. So I think that's a fantastic tip for people to say, for women, to start navigating internally organizations having, Hey, help me understand how'd you get to where you are? Like what, you know, what makes a good, this type of thing? How do you interact with sales? And then they can gauge how that, and and if it's a man, they can gauge how that, how open and, and supportive that man is with their feedback and then potentially circle back to that person to have a little bit more of a sponsorship conversation. Yeah. But maybe, maybe we look at it differently though. Maybe instead of saying, how did you get to be who you are? We turn the conversation back on ourselves and say, where do you think I am with my skill sets? What are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? And what do you, and how do I address those weaknesses? Because I think we're so busy asking other people to give us that hand, you know, that hand up that we don't become self analytical and people who are self analytical. Those are the people that win. So I think you have to have kind of both conversations. Yeah. I agree. I would also say though, that I think you should take the, do the, that work yourself. Cause oftentimes you're those higher up people don't know you well enough. So if you do a lot of that research, you take some assessments, you really think about it. And then you come to them and you say, I think I'm weak in this, but I want to go in this direction. What do you recommend? And they will appreciate the fact that you've, that you are oh, yeah. kind of taking that self sort of aware, self-critical uh, kind of approach. Make it easy. Make it easy for the men, for the sponsor, potential sponsor. But bear in mind when we're self-analytical in a silo, our own perceptions about ourselves kind of cloud it. So I think, I think you're right, Casey. I think you have to do both. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Lori, could you chime in on just real quick on the, on the resume piece, or I'm sorry, on the job description piece. And also like when you, because we're talking about hiring for your piece, like when a woman walks into a sales organization, she sees all like the football and the this and the that, like, because people are saying, hey, how do I attract more women? A lot of it is job description and visually what they see when they walk into an organization, isn't it? Yeah, it's part of it. First of all, it's is having a job description that will be as attractive to, you know, everyone, not just men. And I'm going to throw a resource called Textio, T-E-X-T-I-O. It's a site you can go to and run a resume, or I'm sorry, run a job description through it. And it will show you male-focused words and female-focused words and give you suggestions. So that is something I, I highly recommend. They, of course, they do it for service. You can 
thinking you can do a couple for free and try them out. Um, I've seen it affect uh, hiring. So I know that it, it works really well. Also, you know, Trish, we, we've talked in the past about male-focused words, a war words, you know, kill them. We're looking for aggressive closers. Crush, kill. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that doesn't attract women, and it doesn't mean that we're not good at closing business. And so that was something that was touched on earlier that I just want to mention is that women, like we were saying earlier, women have a different style. I'm seen as a very nice person, but I can close business all day long, and and they're not mutually exclusive. I just have a different style, and I don't have to kill people, and I don't have to smoke cigars, and I don't have to go to strip clubs, and you know, I don't have to do all that stuff to be successful. So um, younger sales managers or newer, I don't mean to say young, but if you're newer in a sales manager role, you need to understand that the women on your team sell differently than men do. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Well, stop paint us all with the same brush. Cause I sell probably right. differently well, than we also know what I said at the beginning. Yeah. And not, we, yeah. we don't all do the same things, but yeah. a lot of women I've, I've heard sales managers say, I don't think she's going to cut it. She's too nice. Well, we got survey responses from men saying that that they found out that there were rumors in the office that they were gay because they weren't super aggressive and they're, they're producing, they have great numbers, but you know, people assumed these like big things about their background and personality because they had a different style. And I think we need to recognize that everybody it doesn't matter who you are or what your gender is. You might have a different style and we've got to look at results and potential, not at, you know, these sort of niche little personality quirks. Yep. Good point there, Casey. All right, John, I want to make sure we um, leave enough time for, by the way, everyone, resources will be provided to you um, via email post this event. Uh, the team has compiled an amazing list of resources. I'm sure we'll be adding a lot of what's in the comments to that because thank you everyone who's contributing um, on, in the comments. But John, you wanted to focus on speaking up. Like it's easy for us to say, you know, you should ask and you should assess and you should do this, but sometimes it's harder than it sounds. So I'd love to hear what you interpreted from the surveys as issues around speaking up and then um, any recommendations you might have. Yeah, this was the one that came screaming out loud to me, which, and, and Casey actually uh, commented on this earlier, it, you know, the overtly sexist stuff or just completely ridiculous things. That's kind of one of those, like if you have a leader that is overtly sexist, I, I don't really have much uh, to, to recommendations other than go find, that's a toxic environment, go find another job. You know what I mean? But I think yeah. the bigger issue is all the little shit that happens along the way that in, that if you, if, that if a woman brought up every single thing that was uncomfortable or they thought was inappropriate, like even to me, I'd be like, come on every single thing. You know what I mean? Like, give me a, but, but so if you bring it up in, in, as individuals, it little small, but as you add them all up, yeah. it's a big issue. Right. And it just puts microaggressions. I love that. And so I think the thing for me was like the, the, what came screaming through the comments was how do I bring this up? Like, 
How do I say to somebody that you having that conversation about what you did with that girl at the bar last week, you know what I mean, was like made me feel uncomfortable because you had it right here in the bullpen with me or the joke that the boss gave during the meeting about, oh, do you want to go get us some coffee and how that was like significantly demeaning to me. And, and But if I just brought that up, like they'd be like, come on, I didn't mean it that way. So that was what to me was the the like, holy shit, eye opener for me. Because, I, you know, look, I consider myself a pretty empathetic guy. My wife, my daughter, I will say straight up, I thought I was super empathetic until I had my daughter. And then when I had my daughter, my eyes went, holy shit, like the way that we market to the way that we treat like, so, you know, even that woke me up, but this survey woke me up even more. And, and I, you know, and it's hard to say, especially if you're one woman within a group of 10 dudes, you know what I mean? With a male like leader, I guarantee you in my career as a leader, as a manager, I have done things that have made women feel uncomfortable just because I'm like, ah, it's funny. And because I'm a nice guy, because, you know, hopefully they think I genuinely care. They probably didn't say anything to me. You know what I mean? Because they were like, to, to Casey, to your point, like, you know, you don't, you know, got to give somebody a chance in the sense that if they say something once, I have a three strike in your route rule. So here's something tactical for everybody. I have a very, I have a three strike in your route rule. Let's use vendors. You fuck up once as a vendor, whatever. I'm going to let you know about it, but everybody screws up once. You screw up twice, you're on notice. You screw up three times, we're done. Like, I, I just go find another vendor. And I, I think the same could, should and could hold true here for making comments about stuff. Like, address it separately with a man. Say, hey, what you just said there, this is how I took that. I know you don't want to be like that, like the way Lori expressed it. Second time, here's another example. Third time, come on, dude. Like, this is getting ridiculous. One of the tactical things, and I'd love your all feedback on this because Lori starts with leadership 100%. But an exercise that I did with a friend who that I think can apply here. My, well, a friend of mine was, she was, she was very, she was on a downward spiral. She was not happy. Everything was negative. And I told her, kind of Tony Robbins type stuff here, change your state. And I said, hey, do me a favor, take a notebook and I want you to go around today and I want you to write down every single little thing that happens to you that's positive, right? I don't care how small it is. You hope somebody opened the door for you. You made a green light on the way to work, that type of thing. And then I want you to come back and tell me at the end of the day, what happened, right? She came back with three pages of shit was like, oh my God, you know, my like, and, and I've looked at all this stuff and, and then that kind of got her on the right track. I almost say that my, my thought, and I would love your feedback on this is write down all those little examples that are happening. And then when they get to an aggregate amount, that's when you can kind of bring it to your leader and say, look, I'm not trying to cause an issue here, but for the past two weeks, I've been just jotting down the small things that make, you know, women in general, but me a little uncomfortable. And I just wanted to share them with you as a learning lesson about some of the things that you might not be aware of that, that make me feel a certain way. Can we have this conversation? And I just wanted to see kind of what your thoughts were on that approach as opposed to like the reactive approach of that just happened. I need to talk right. about it. I'm pissed off because I'm, I'm thinking it might, but might subside the reaction and, and say, okay, let me kind of plan this out a little bit more from an approach standpoint. And I know as a leader, you know, I had a hard time. A lot of women were asking, I'm in this toxic situation, John. Um, how do I address it with my leader? And I'm like, my male leader. And I'm like, well, I can tell you how you would address me. 
but I have no idea yeah. how a male leader is like, if, if I tell you to do something and you go ahead and do it, that male might be a completely different perspective from me and might be straight up say, screw you, you're fired type of stuff. Whereas somebody, you know, whereas I would be like, oh my God, I didn't know I, let, I made you feel that way. You know, let's talk about it. So I'm trying to figure out some tactical ways to help women speak up without it being this nitpicky little thing. And also without it being this leads to this big, like, holy shit reaction type of thing, you know? Cause I think that's what's happening is like all these little things and then they pop. Yeah. So if I could spin what you just said though, John, cause you know, I think I loved the first analogy or the first story about the woman who wrote down everything that positive that happened to her in a day. As a matter of fact, I'm going to do that. Cause sometimes you have to, for, life is good. Right. And sometimes we forget it. So I, I'm actually going to take that advice. But as opposed to writing down all the things that bothered me during the day and taking it to someone, that's a negative frequency. Mm -hmm. I think what might be an interesting alternative would be to write down all the positives. Like I had a conversation with John Barrows today. It was enlightening for this reason. Or I worked with Paul Smith on a deal. He took 20 minutes out of his day to coach me. Things that can be replicated as best practices, kind of like we talked about in our sales process, mm -hmm. I think might be a different way to still speak up, but not be like, here's my wine list. And Yeah, or maybe both, right? Like, oh, yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. I would say do both because here's what I notice uh, happens. And I, I put myself in this boat too. Sometimes the little things add up. It is the straw that breaks the camel's back and you will kind of have a meltdown over something super minor. You wind up bringing that to someone's attention and they're like, this? Right. And then, are, do you have any other right. examples? And none of them come to mind and you wind up kind of looking difficult and really dramatic and all this stuff. And if you can, to John's point, kind of make a case where you say, hey, look, and I, I think Trish, that's a phenomenal advice of kind of, of, of having both where you can say, here are all the things I think we're doing really well and I want us to figure out how to maximize. And here are the things that are taking away from that. And I know that we are the good stuff, like at our core. So how can we really craft and like cultivate a culture that focuses on those? But we got to be aware about all of these little things that, that we need to fix. And I think bringing both to a manager's attention, one, you're, it's going to make them a little less defensive because you're talking about good and bad to you'll be a little less emotional because you basically have made a case, yeah. you know, and, and you've got this like data to back it up. And, and people sometimes have no idea that something they said was offensive. It's, uh, you know, uh, it's really true. And, and, you know, we have to, again, we have to step back and, and the other thing is, as John was saying earlier, if, if, you're, if you're a woman and you feel like you're in a hostile environment or you feel like your opinion is not respected no matter what, and you're, you're not being valued as a contributor on your team, even if you're doing your quota or above, uh, there are many places. I know Trish would be happy to talk to people. I would too. We hear about places every day that would love to have More a women. woman on their team, leadership or rep level. So no one should put up with that kind of an environment. And just to chime in on that from a male's perspective, you're not going to change that guy. I'm sorry. Yeah. If you have a douche, like if you have a Grant Cardone-esque and, and, and yeah. 
yeah, what's up? Hit the you know, that type of thing. And especially if they're 30, 40, 50, like there's no way what you say to them is going to change. They're, they might placate you and say, Oh, sorry, we need, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of this. You know what I mean? We'll, but they'll, it'll never, they'll do some surface oriented things, but they will never fundamentally change the culture. Um, so that, that talks of a toxic environment, you know? And I, mean? I can, I can tell you, I've, especially lately, I've talked to several different women that bring these issues up to that kind of leader. The leader tells them in the moment, we are absolutely going to fix this. You deserve to be promoted. They say all these things. And then no joke, I've talked to three different women that like two weeks later, they get, they get fired. Yep. Or pip. Well, that's a whole different issue. That's a whole different yeah. issue. Yeah. 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 It is. Casey, you had a good point. It's a straw that breaks the camel's back. Like I don't get offended by anything. I swear to God, it's almost statistically impossible to offend me. It's a defect in my personality. I'm well aware. But there's one guy on LinkedIn who makes me crazy, and he will remain unnamed. He's a young go-getter, CEO of a startup, and he gets on there, sitting in his car. Who hates car videos? Raise your hand. I hate car videos. He's in his car. He's like... It's five o'clock on a Monday morning. I'm on my way to the gym. I'm going to the gym. And then I'm going to get to the office by six. And I'm going to kill it, crush it. It's Monday. Get your number. There's 22 silly. And I'm like, dude, A, you don't have young children. Because if you had young children, you'd be up at five o'clock in the morning. Or B, you're married and your poor wife is taking care of your young children while you're busy in your car shooting your video. By the way, I doubt you're going to the gym. You're in your garage, right? <laughs> I'm telling you, it's those kind of things. And this guy's a young guy that, to me, straw that broke the camel's back. I had to, it took everything I had not to reach out to him and shred him. Yeah. Okay, I feel better. Thank you for listening. But that's, but that's my that the, Thank you for listening. The Grant Cardone was my straw, right? In the yes. sense that I've been seeing a lot of that. That I know exactly what you're talking about too. I've been I've been seeing a lot of that, and and I'm like, okay. And the shame here is is that, that, again, the loudest voice tends to get the most attention, right? So if I scream yeah. and yell, even though if you disagree, it's kind of like the old Howard Stern stuff where, yeah. you know, like people who like Howard Stern listen for an hour, people who hate Howard Stern listen for three hours. You know what I mean? And it's, and it's those people that, that, that get the comments going, that get the threads, that get the popularity, that get the views. And that's what's so concerning to me because I genuinely do feel, even though a lot of these comments that have come in have, have you know, made me realize how much of a, how far we really need to go. But I really do, that there are some great things happening out there. You know what I mean? There are, there are some really positive things, but I don't want the blowhards to be the ones that, that are ruining it for the rest of us from a perception standpoint, because this profession, and this is what this gets all back to, I think we can talk again about, you know, all the macroeconomic things, but sales without question, teams that are more diversified, and Lori, you have the statistics on this, teams that are more diversified, they have more different types, black, white, uh, gay, women, you name it, right? The one that they, they succeed more, they, they just sell more and they sell better. I mean, Lori, you have the stats or you, I mean, you've seen yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. And that's what yep. this is about. Yep. It's leveling up and being more inclusive than exclusive. And, and I know we're running short on time here. We, have, you know, we can keep talking, by the way. but We can't. We can't because these people need to go to the bathroom before their next meeting. So but we have so much to share with them. You guys, 
John, Casey, Lori, talk about where they can find the resources, what they're going to get after this session, how this continues, how you guys are staying involved. Go. Yeah, Lori, why don't you kind of share with like all the stuff that you're doing and where people can go? We're going to put this all on an email later, but very specific places where you want to continue this conversation. So, so please go to Women's Sales Pros. We're at Women's Sales Pros on Twitter. Uh, you can go to womensalespros.com. We have a blog. Um, I will personally talk to anyone one-on-one that has a situation that they're worried about or anxious about or whether, whether you're male or female, I'd be happy to talk to you. Uh, just reach out to me, Lori, at Women's Sales Pros, and we'll be posting resources, So, and you'll get email with some really good ideas and articles. Awesome. Casey, mm-hmm. we're, we're... Yeah, and so um, everybody, John and I just, we had a lot of conversations about really wanting to keep this conversation going. There were so many amazing things that kind of were uncovered in this survey, not just about women in sales, but about how we can build better sales cultures, period. Cultures where people can really thrive, no matter their background, no matter their gender, you name it. And so we want to keep this conversation going. We're going to have a bunch of announcements for this, but we really encourage all of you to go to salesdoneright.io. We are announcing this community that we're going to build. It's going to be everything from connecting all of you to one another, um, connecting you to thought leaders and, and um you know, kind of experts in the space, but then also providing a lot of both tactical and kind of higher level advice and content so that we can really drive kind of our industry forward and, and you know, strengthen our strengths, highlight the things that we do amazingly well as an industry and make this a more kind of inclusive and um, supportive environment for all of you. So again, salesdoneright.io, add your name to the list. We'll be doing a big announcement so that you can get access to this community. And we would love, love, love to see you there. All right, John, bring us home, buddy. Yeah. So after this, um, once we get this recording rendered, um, we're going to send out an email to everybody who's registered here with the recording. It's going to be on YouTube. Uh, We'll make a podcast out of it so you can share it there. And actually, I would recommend, by the way, for those of you who are trying to figure out a way to start this conversation, feel free to forward this along to whoever you think might need to listen to this conversation. Um, I'm also, we're going to take all those resources that Lori and Casey just talked about, put them in that email and there will be a survey. I know somebody asked for that because we want more of your feedback. And what I think I'm going to do, and ladies tell me if this is the right thing to do since the survey that we put out before this was anonymous. Um, I, I learned so much just by reading the comments. I, I was thinking about just putting a Google sheet together and just putting it out there to hey, say, hey, everybody, like if, if you're a man, for instance, and you don't think that, you know, you want to see some of the questions, that, that type of thing, go take a look at some of this. Is that, you think that's appropriate to do? Because um, I don't want to overstep my bounds here with what people, because there's no personal information in this and it's totally anonymous. But I thought, it, I just thought that that was like, a, if you want to see what the issue is, you read those comments and you know yeah. there's an issue. I think let's take a look and make sure there's no comments that could be figured out who gave them. But I think that the vast majority of them would be amazing for public consumption and would be a really great exercise for so many people out there. Okay. So let's scrub it. And and that'll be part of the email. So expect the email. I want to make sure that this has everything in it. So expect the email probably by Friday. Um, We're going to render it tonight. I'll share it with you you and and figure out what's, you know, what we can put in there. And then we'll probably it out on Friday with everybody. Yep. 
Awesome. One final, one final comment, and then we'll sign off. Ladies, if someone tells you you're bossy, here's your answer. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and, and actually, to, 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 love this, what, my, what, my, what, my, what Kim does, right? When instead of yelling at Charlotte for being pushy or bossy, she's like, stop. You know, you're, you're, you're representing some really good CEO quality, Charlotte, but you need to. So she talks to her in like from a CEO <laughs> instead of being bushy like so love that. Go around be like instead of scolding her she's like okay i know those are ceo qualities Charlotte, but <laughs> you need to really kind of make sure and so but mom so, is ceo for now <laughs> yeah exactly exactly right, right now right. you're at the manager level <laughs> yeah. all right so, lot, thank you all so much i've loved Whoever working wins. with you throughout this process i've learned a ton that you've reinvigorated my interest in the topic yay and i think there's no place to go but up and I hope I can help. Same here. All right. Yeah, thanks, everybody. All right. Take care, everybody. Thanks. Bye.